I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credits scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Uh, hey everyone, it's just Richard here at the top of this episode. Um, this is this is going to be something a little bit different. Uh, we're assuming that a lot of you are probably still making your way through the mammoth Barbie podcasts we released last week. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But we thought we would kind of do something. Uh, yeah, essentially, um, I, you know, being the kind guy I am, I wanted to give AJ a break. Uh, he edited that whole thing. And so uh, what you're about to listen to is uh, an episode fully put together uh, by me with a little help from AJ, but we'll talk about that as we get through it. Um, but yeah, because I'm putting this one together, I don't necessarily have access to all the the kind of uh, editing tools and assets that AJ would normally use. So um, this episode might feel a little bit different, uh, but hopefully not too different. But without further ado, here's uh, the intro. Uh, all right, as mentioned, uh, as you will have just heard, I am your sole host for this evening, um, or whenever, whatever time of day you're listening to this, you guys know the drill. Um, today, what we're doing is, this is a Greatest Hits uh, episode where I'm going to take you through some of the best continue the franchises we've had on our podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening, um, it, this is a very strange place to start, um, but also maybe maybe it'll end up being a good place to start. Um, one of the things we do on this podcast is called Film Franchise Fortnights, where myself and uh, my good buddy AJ we uh, we watch. And then we discuss an entire film franchise, most notably um, Barbie. We did last week, 37 films. The podcast is over 18 hours long. And maybe that's how you discovered us. And, and, and maybe this is a good episode for you to just kind of get a feel for, for the things we do. But one part of uh, that show, uh, Film Franchise Fortnights, is a segment called Continue the Franchise. And this is where um, AJ and I and any other guests we happen to have on that episode go through and, and pitch a continuation of that franchise now it doesn't always have to be an extra movie it could be a video game um we're gonna hear some hypothetical uh, parallel universe scenarios um which is weirdly happens more than once uh you're gonna get uh yeah you're gonna get a lot of a lot of different things uh but it should be a lot of fun and I'll, I'll kind of pop in in between to to let you know uh what's coming up next maybe sometimes give a bit of context because we don't always you know say here's my continue the franchise for spongebob squarepants um which would be helpful because this first one you're about to hear is spongebob squarepants uh you're going to hear both mine and aj's pitches for spongebob um yeah i mean i guess uh you know one thing i should mention as well up top 
is that uh, the audio quality <laughs> isn't always going to be amazing. Um, the SpongeBob was our third or fourth episodes very early on and so it's um yeah you'll be you'll be hearing uh you know some of those early days and you know we're kind of just cherry picking the best stuff so you don't have to go back and listen to those entire episodes but yes here is our continuations of the franchise for the spongebob squarepants movie what about a live action spongebob movie and i don't mean live action in the same way sponge out of water was live action i mean a gritty um realistic uh, version of Spongebob. And so what I came up with is a movie called Plankton. Oh! Now, this is inspired by the fact that... One of the Plank- characters Plankton, is called Plankton. Plankton is now my favourite character after watching these movies. I think he's... Yeah, he's I, I, I really like him as well now. Um, and so it's set on, on land. Yeah. And there's a themed restaurant called the Krusty Krab where everyone dresses up in like sea- seafood things so you know bob the fry cook is a sponge and everyone thinks he's great and mr crabs is the i just did air quotes by the way um, <laughs> mr crabs is the is the crazy old curmudgeon who runs the store and is dressed yeah. up in, in a crab suit um but across from the crusty crab is the chum bucket where a i guess a dwarf who dresses up as a, as a plankton wanted to get this like had the same idea at the same time yeah. and so sorry so they're doing this completely independent of the spongebob tv series yes 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 yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah um this will you know, wait 30 years then make this movie oh yeah but so this isn't like um like these people have seen the spongebob show like, oh we're gonna open up a theme restaurant no. it's just like oh this is a coincidence spongebob thing. doesn't exist yeah, in this okay, in this universe um and so this plankton dude who dresses up as a plankton in the chum bucket gets no customers because of the much more successful version of his own restaurant across the road. And so it's his his adventures to try and steal the the formula, you know? Yeah. So he's kind of an anti-hero. Um, well, he's, he sounds like a villain. Yeah, but he's also the, the sympathetic character. Because okay. I am sympathetic towards plankton. Yeah, yeah. I feel real sorry for that dude. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my idea. Plankton the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um just thought of something yeah worst time to bring it up yeah um you know we were talking about the timelines before i just yeah. remembered something else i read yeah um is that it's steven hillenberg has confirmed that the two um two theatrical movies take place in different timelines what the f- so, like they haven't confirmed which one shares time like shares continuity with why the is series. steven hillenberg confirming these things that have no consequence <laughs> on the show? like no one's asking him yeah um, by the way guys <laughs> one of them set 30 years in the future and the other one not even in the same universe yeah um guess which one's which um but yeah so that like the bubbles theory may or may not pan out because they take place in alternate timelines yeah but which one is the same as the series? Mm. We do not know. Mm. I would guess the first one because it would make more sense. Yes. Because um, otherwise, yeah, yeah like I don't want to talk too much. Anyway, my continuation of the franchise, sorry for that little weird segue. Um, ah, actually, I forgot my idea and it kind of does address, it kind of, that segue fitted in. Fit in. <laughs> Great. You could have made that smooth. I could have, but I chose not to. Um, so I want to do it. I want to see a movie that addresses the alternate timeline thing mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, the, the jumping all over the place kind of thing. And, um, so I was thinking, what should I write down? And I wrote this down. I was going to go differently with the start of that sentence. And then I didn't. Um, so I was thinking maybe Patrick gets lost in time or something like that. And mm-hmm. then, um, SpongeBob and say Squidward 
have to go find them through sure. time. Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, so we would bounce around between the um, the timelines from like UG, mm. the episode UG. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, which is the prehistoric episode. It's just like randomly prehistoric. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would address the- That was timeline. a patchy episode. Yeah. Patchy yeah, introduced UG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah. That's not a bad episode. Um, SP-129, where they travel to the future, mm-hmm. where everything's crime. Mm-hmm. Um, the 2031, where the SpongeBob SquarePants movie takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just like, the, I'd, I'd be cool to do the thing where they're like, um, they're bouncing around through time yeah. and they travel back to the first episode, mm. but they've got like good movie style animation, mm. but then it would cut to like four by three yeah. crappy animation and SpongeBob's just getting the job at the Krusty Krab. And so, yeah, because, or maybe even like Plankton, oh, this is a good idea. Plankton gets, he has the time machine from, they, they use a time machine in the second movie. It's, it ends up getting destroyed. But he, he gets another time machine. Yeah. Travels back to the first episode mm. and stops um, oh. SpongeBob. He puts a help. The friends SpongeBob first. Yeah. He puts his. Oh, my God. This is so good. Yeah. He puts the help. Because the first episode is called Help Wanted. Cause, yeah. And SpongeBob sees the Help Wanted sign of the Krusty Krab. Gets a job there. Ends up being an amazing fry cook. Yeah. Plankton goes back to the first episode. Yeah. Puts the Help Wanted sign on the chum bucket instead. Yeah. SpongeBob gets a job there. We see an alternate timeline. Oh my gosh! Where Mr. Krabs is the villain that he truly is. Yeah, because Mr. Krabs is way less sympathetic than Captain. Yeah. Man, I no. really want to see that now. I know yeah. you're the one who usually talks up their own idea. Nah, man, this is good, man. Yeah, I want to see this so bad. Well, Stephen Hellenberg, SpongeBob, the third movie has been confirmed. I wonder what dimension or time it'll be set in. Yeah, but um, it is coming out in two thousand. 19? So obviously that was recorded uh, before the third film came out, which if you want to hear what we thought of that, you can check out our Patreon um, where we actually discussed that movie Sponge on the Run. It ended up being called, it was at one point called It's a Wonderful Sponge. And I got very excited thinking they were doing my idea. Um, but but alas, uh, instead we got we got this. Also, AJ kind of you know implies that Stephen Hillenberg might be listening. Uh, that was of course recorded before he died. Uh, next up, we've got Back to the Future. Now this is another very early episode. This was back when we look back on this now and laugh. But we split this into three episodes uh, because we thought no one would listen to a ninety minute podcast. So we split it into three half hour sections um, and. Uh, this was we had a uh, we had very special guest Rowan Strang on this episode who's now been folded into the cult popsha family so he's he appears on on quite a few episodes so if you like uh, what is input into this next clip um, then then uh, go check out some of those episodes we did with Rowan but uh, yeah here is uh, only AJ's pitch for a continuation of the Back to the Future franchise. Anyway, I'll do your idea, AJ, and I should preface this by saying and you'll probably cut this out because I'm kind of digging you a hole that you think this is one of the best ideas that you've ever come up with. So, yes. I'm I'm not going to cut that out. Um, Basically, I have an idea that um, Robert Zemeckis, Bob Gale, if you're listening, you don't even have to include me. Like, I want this idea to exist whether I make it or not. Okay? I'd love to make it. So, if you are listening, like, please, please include me. So, here's what I'm pitching. And I came up with this um, and you'll probably see where it's going as I explain it. Um... The Fargo TV series. You guys seen it? Yeah. Yeah. So 
beautiful tribute to Fargo, the movie, right? Doesn't it all undo what's right. good about the movie, right? Um, and what's cool, in the movie. I would say it's been in the movie. Yeah. Um, what's I've cool about movie. it? I thought the movie was great. So yeah, I don't yeah. Know yeah. What <laughs> what's cool about it is that it it's set in different time periods. It's um, it carries with it the spirit of the movie without any of the characters, mm-hmm. right? So, is it canonical within the? Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how fun that would be, <laughs> and sort of the same way that people make superhero movies now to take this existing um, uh, IP and mine <laughs> it for tributes and references and ways to take what the essence of these stories are about and expand them into a new story, right? And for for ages, I was trying to think, what's another movie I could turn into a TV show? You know, and I was I was thinking like I can't remember any of the examples because they're all crap. And I was thinking, and then I thought Back to the Future. Right now, here's my pitch for the Back to the Future television series. I realize there's an animated series. Um, this is different, and I don't think even if it's bad, it would ruin the franchise because it's different enough to not um, encroach on the legacy. Sort of like how Better Call Saul doesn't ruin Breaking Bad, even though it's not even bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so here's my pitch: Marty's not in it. Doc's it. not in it. Nah. None of the characters are in it. We are I'm, not. I'm so I feel safe now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are not taking these characters and remaking them. We are, we are following a young girl, a 17 year old girl. Maybe her name is. Okay, JJ. Um, Martina. No, no, she won't be Martina. I want to make her name Martinez. like Olivia O'Connor or something like something more oh, yeah, roll yeah, off yeah, the tongue yeah, in right. that. Like, because that, like the Mick and the O are both. Irish. Prefix names, right? Both Irish. Both Irish as well. Mm. So, um, here's first episode. Oh, God, Irish! <laughs> exactly. Here's first episode. Set in modern day, whenever this would be made, let's say it's 2016. Well, it has to be made now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the rules. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's not set in the 80s, right? It's so set it's present day, yeah. It's set now. Um, first first line of the movie, okay? <laughs> Olivia <laughs> O'Connor is, is, um, is like sitting at a desk, real jaded with life, and the teacher's marking this kid's, kid's work at the desk, and she goes, Great, Scott, and hands the hands the essay back to him. Okay, first line of the show is "Great, Scott." Uh, this is heavy. It's like the worst <laughs> pun version of yeah. Anyway, um, no judgments. Anyway, I, I truly that's basically all I had. <laughs> no, no. So I don't. That's such a like you're forty like. I, I can imagine you doing that in 48 hours. Um, <laughs> so I don't have um, too much planned for this because I feel like if I invest too much time into it, I'll really want to make it and. I won't be able to. Um, but basically what I want to do is it's a, a I thought maybe maybe Jules and Vern turn up. Maybe they're the only characters from the movie. Mm, who are in, those, are, those are Doc Brown's kids. And yeah. they've got, they're like, we've got this time machine. Olivia, will you, what if, for whatever reason, maybe one of them's missing in time. Like, yeah, any, any just like a mute and, and just Harry points at his genitals the whole time. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry that I don't have... Um, as extensive of a, of a storyline for this yeah, as yeah. I want. But basically... Wait, what do you have? <laughs> you said a it's, shitty it's, pun. She, she goes... Sorry, sorry, season one. Season one, she goes back to her parents' age for whatever reason, right? Yeah. So that's the essence of season one. Maybe season two, she goes to the future. Keep, oh, know, so for the whole of season one, she's trapped and she's trying to get back yes. to the future. Yep. Yeah. So um, what, I, what I like about this is just... Like, Fargo does it so well. Fargo does it in a way that makes you love the movie more. You know, and my problem, what where this comes from is more, um, as I said before, um, there are no parts, there are no other movies like Back to the Future, mm. whether it's the direction or whatever. Mm. And I want to make another thing like Back uh, to the Future. <laughs> and why not extend the, the, the name and the oh brand God, recognition? I hate what you're doing so much. Into, I, yeah, so much. I love that your, your pitch is just like, 
Um, okay, so it's a TV series oh, and it's God. gender swapped. But here's the catch: it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Eh? Like just you're like, I, I'm not going to tell you how. But just trust me, Fargo um, was good. This one's as good as the that. The notion of a modern day American high school and this like hot young chick being the Back to the Future character just makes me hate. No, but think about the dialogue, bro. The, the like great tri- Scott. How does that not just <laughs> leap off the page? The quotes. And, man, I've been planning the, this the dialogue for, might be great for literally shit. Like, <laughs> I have literally been had this plan for like a year. And then when we did this podcast, yeah. it's like, great, a place to put it out. And I've completely screwed up the execution. <laughs> it is close to a remake, though, like, right? But, yes. If first but, season but, she just goes back to her parents, it's a TV show remake of mm, Back to the Future 1. With Gina Swap. With a I shitty punk I have a morbid curiosity in seeing that. I don't think it would be good, but I would... Yeah. So, the last, the last <laughs> thing... <laughs> the last the thing it, is, it is good. <laughs> if the, dialogue's as, the dialogue, though, is as good last as thing the first on, <laughs> Last thing I'll end on is sometimes season two or three, right? Um, here's another line of dialogue. Specific lines of dialogue. The rest is great. These specific lines. We're... Um, the Marty McFly equivalent is talking to the Doc Brown equivalent. She's worried about her actual future, like what she's going to do with, do with her life and how she wants to turn away from it and not, not face it. And, and the, her, her Doc is just like, we can't turn you back to the future. <laughs> no, <laughs> see, I have a thing on comedy in general. Yeah. Or like, um, like say like late season three, yeah. um, she's lifting something and she says, whoa, Doc, this is heavy. Uh, Doc's you know? going through weight training with her. So, um, <laughs> Alrighty, up next, very, very special guest. Uh, we've got, uh, you're going to be hearing AJ's pitch for a continuation of the Jurassic Park franchise, but you're also going to be hearing from Gus Johnson. That's right, YouTube sensation Gus Johnson. We had him on our podcast before it was cool, before he even had a podcast. I think he was probably inspired by us. Um don't fact check that, or do reach out to Gus and and <laughs> and remind him of us, um, which uh, one of you actually did very recently, and and we we appreciate that. Um, God, I, I sound so pathetic, um, <laughs> but um, but no, we would love to have Gus back uh, someday. But yeah, you know, he's he's become a very very busy man. Um, but go check out Gus Johnson. Not that he needs. Um, he needs our plug, but here are AJ and Gus's continuations for Jurassic Park. You know what? I'm going to go fucking last, dude. Gus, what's your continue the franchise? Tell us. Okay, I got one too. This is, now this is like from the bottom of my heart. I have been wanting this actually for years. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I want to pose a question. Have either of you guys played the game Jurassic Park Trespasser? I wish what? I could say yes, but I haven't. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? I've heard all? of Jurassic Park games. Um, Jurassic Park Trespasser is, is, it's such a notorious kind of cult classic video game that was released alongside Jurassic Park or whatever the hell it's called. The Lost World colon Jurassic Park. (laughs) Jurassic Park. It was, oh God, it was, it was, it was a shit show is the Mm -hmm. thing. Um, it, I believe that only a limited amount of copies were released. It was tried to handle by this new studio that was kind of like a little sub studio of DreamWorks. Yeah. Um, and it pushed like these revolutionary physics where you could, you were controlling like this woman that crash landed an airplane on the island that had no affiliation to InGen or anything. And she was simply trying to escape the island. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the like whole system was so screwed up that the developers only let you use like 
one arm of the woman. So it's a first person game. It's so clunky. <laughs> it's it is so beautifully flawed. But there is like for its time, it was also groundbreaking in so many ways. But it was so poorly handled. It was a complete shit show. And my continue the franchise offering is. For the next Jurassic World or whatever the hell movie comes out, I want to see a fully reimagined, fully remastered, <laughs> same name title, Jurassic Park Trespasser, like they did with like Star Wars Battlefront. I want them to fix yeah. it and make it good because I played the shit out of that game when I was a kid and it was so fun. Awesome. Because I actually, um, after hearing you talk about it, I have read about that. Because um, that, that was, it's like an actual canon sequel, isn't it? Yeah, it's... It, is the story is all there too i mean it's its own that doesn't even thing. sound like a bad story someone randomly coming to the island can happen once in the series yeah that doesn't feel yeah. like it's reaching yeah and you die without having to tie it into anything that's a cool idea you're the first person to pitch a video game yeah that's true i've always wanted to yeah. but i've never had an idea but that great idea gus <laughs> you win um, I win. My continue well, the franchise. Follow there, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> my continue the franchise is just a direct sequel to Jurassic World, but it's called Jurassic Waters, and it's combining Jurassic Park with Jaws, which they haven't done. Which is a fresh mm. idea. What, why don't you call it Jurassic World? No, it's called Jurassic <laughs> Waters. I think my title's better. Um, Do you want to win? <laughs> I gotta go with Jurassic World. You know me. I'm oh, for the pun yes. every time. No, 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 question. Um, and so it's set on the ocean surrounding Isla Nub- Nub- Isla Nublar, however you want to say it. Um, and the only other thing I wrote down was bring back Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum, but that's probably not a good idea. I just want to see them back. Yeah, I just really like, like those actors. Um, but yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Like a a, a water Jurassic Park. Well, because they've established that they're mosasaurs. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so and then maybe you do Jurassic wins next and it's a pterodactyl centric one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they've made four movies and only one of those movies isn't completely on an island with dinosaurs and it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> that part sucked. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I feel like that's the obvious thing to do is change, change location, keep the dinosaurs, see what happens. You know? Because it could snow. You could have a snowy Jurassic Park. Mm, Jurassic snow. Jurassic winter. Ooh, Jurassic Winter. All right, here's um, now we're kind of we're entering that kind of period where our podcast really kind of started to take shape. And this is when a lot of memes were born and a lot of uh, a lot of people joined us in in this kind of area. But uh, we're going to talk now about uh, I mean, you'll hear me talk about it in this next clip, but um, Charlie Swan from Twilight um being one of my favorite film characters of all time the the performance of billy burke and the and the writing of i guess stephanie meyer it's probably whoever wrote the movie which i can't be which i'm i'm not going to look up right now but um but yeah um check out this is my continuation for the twilight franchise my continue the franchise is called forks washington mm-hmm. and it's the story of a young man who um, falls in love with his, with his um, high school sweetheart. And so obviously there's a, um, there's that kind of, you know, when you fall in love too young, what happens? It's not sustainable. Um, Unless you're a vampire. And let me finish. And then they, they end up having a daughter together, but they split up and his high school sweetheart moves to the other side of the country 
with their daughter. So now this man, Charlie Swan, is living a lonely existence in a shithole town called Forks in Washington. And he's the chief of police. And he doesn't really have anyone, but he's got all this love in his heart. And he... There's a series of murders that start to happen. And he feels like his life is beginning to have purpose again, but obviously he feels horrible about it because it's like, I I have something to do, but people are dying. Um, And then, right when these are starting as well, his daughter decides she's going to move over. And he's like, finally, you know, I've got a reason to, like, love again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she gets there and... He's trying his hardest to connect with her, but she's just this angsty teen. And then she ends up falling in love with this guy, Edward. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't. Um, yeah, obviously he's like a bit of fear about his, his daughter having a new boyfriend. But he's still investigating these murders. And then one night, his girlfriend, his daughter, gets into a pretty serious accident. She goes to hospital and she's taken care of by Dr. Cullen. And so all this while, and oh, no, I forgot to mention as well. So he grew up with his best friend, Billy. They've been best friends for their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And um, Billy was paralyzed from the, the waist down, um, you know, at some point during their, their growing up. Now, Billy is Jacob's dad, by the way. Yeah. And so imagine the twist. <laughs> That it would be if this fucking lovable dude yeah. he finds out that these murders are being committed by the supernatural. Yeah. And that it's the town doctor who took who took care of his sick daughter, who's also related to this fucking this dude that her daughter's that his um daughter's saying. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, his best friend for his entire life is the leader of a like cult of werewolves. That's a great story. It's good, man. That's that's the best continue the franchise I think you've ever bought forward. That's, like, it's compelling. Like and because this actually I think it probably make a good TV series because hmm. it's probably too much for one film, but then it's probably not enough for multiple films. So you you kind of have to mush up a lot of what happens across all the all of the movies. But Chief of Police, it's like a. Yeah, do, do like a um, uh, 10 episode, one case, not a procedural kind of thing mm-hmm. of this guy just like, imagine like, and that's the thing is that like, I know what you are. You're a vampire. Uh, yep, I am. Cool. I can look at, look, hold on back. I can run really fast. And then like. <laughs> why, why did you say that? That, that's like in the first film. And yeah. The, oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, you just quite. sort of said it like the removed. Like um, the seventh segment. Like, like, because we've talked about this before, like in, in Doctor Strange, it was like when he problems with it, that he, he comes through like a different dimension and, she, and Rachel McAdams is like, oh, you're a wizard? Okay. Yeah. yeah sure. um, and it's like, no, the vampires are real. It imagine might, it imagine might imagine anything world. supernatural was like concrete and real. Like I'd be thinking about it for months. Yeah. Like you're the rest of your life, <laughs> and so imagine like it's just a, and like this isn't a continue the franchise. Even this is a replace the franchise. Yeah. So like, um, you have this compelling like broad church, the killing, whatever kind of style drama, mm-hmm. and then in the last few episodes, the last half of it, it's suddenly supernatural, yeah. and then boom. But it's 
it's one of those things that's hinted at. It would be hinted at enough that the story's still well told. Um, and so you've got... Uh, Imagine finding out that vampires are real. Imagine existing in a world with enough, with all this vampire fiction. Because with zombie movies, it's often... Zombies. It's I've like, never heard of zombies. It's, it's a rule in zombie movies that it exists in a world that's never had zombie fiction. Yeah. Um, imagine a, like a world that has vampire fiction, has werewolf fiction, yeah. has all these ancient tales, and then, boom, they're real. They're trying to do buy new daughter. Mm. That's incredible. I would love to see The most, the most stars, Freudian fear there is. And it, yeah, and it stars Billy Burke as Charlie Swan. Like, I haven't felt this since we did SpongeBob when I was like, I actually really want this to exist. Yeah, man, I agree. It's a good idea. Like, I, and, and because, because we have Twilight. You can't do this. Yeah. Because, it, like, I mean, part of it would be the twist. I mean, I'm sure there's a way to do it. I mean, you put Billy Burke and, as Charlie Swan in anything, and he's gonna be, it's going to be the best TV show ever made. But, ah, uh, you just... He I'm, actually, a TV I'm show. actually really upset. He was in a TV show called Revolution that yeah. did not do very well. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he was great in it. Hmm. But, um... No, that's a good idea, man. I like it. I'm I genuinely crushed great. that I'm never going to get this series. Alrighty, and up next we've got uh, one of the kind of the the quintessential uh, cult pop show episodes. If you if you are looking at if you're listening to this and you're looking at you know once you finish you're going to go back through our back catalogue. Uh, one episode that you kind of need to check out. You know it, it's it maybe hasn't aged as well as it could have. Not 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 in like a um you know not not in a problematic way. It's just you know the audio could be better and it's um. And this was kind of from a time where we we wouldn't focus on the films as much, you know, or we wouldn't have as much to say about them. Whereas whereas now, I think we we try and give them all their their, their dues. But uh, this is the Beethoven episode, and this this was posted to Reddit and kind of uh, got got a, a reasonably good response there. And and uh, I know there's a few people listening to this who probably discovered us from the Beethoven episode. So thank you for sticking with us all this time and listening to this this clip show of, of clips you've no doubt already heard but uh yeah this is this is aj's continuation for the beethoven franchise all right i've got a continue the franchise all right and i'm very excited about it all right. uh this is something i became aware of before we got beethoven as a franchise yeah not before 1992 i wasn't born then but when we announced that we were doing yeah. beethoven yeah. i'd yeah. already read it get on with it <clears throat> okay so excited joe pilcher what plays Brennan Newton in Beethoven's Third and Fourth. Well, which one's that? So, Beethoven's Third and Fourth, it's when they go to the uncle and his family. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Brennan, so which character is it? Brennan is the uncle's son. Right, what does he do in the films? So um, he dresses up as a sumo in Beethoven's Third. Right. Um, he uh, has two love interests in each film, or right, one okay. in each film. Yeah. Um, he's the kid. He's the, the, yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah. so Judd Reinhold, who is um, Charles Groban's brother, yeah. um, has a daughter and a son. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Brennan is the son, and he's yeah. played by Joe Pilcher. Yeah. On January 5th, 2006, this is true, this is a fact, uh, after playing cards with his friends, Joe Pilcher left his buddies, who all reported that he was in good spirits. At four, four at four fifteen a.m., Pilcher called one of his friends' cell phones, and that was the last anyone has ever seen or heard of him since. Wow! <laughs> so his apartment was found unlocked. He was eighteen at the time. His apartment was found unlocked, and he hadn't acted for a, for a few years. Um, and as the lights were on in his apartment, which was uncharacteristic of him, uh, his car was found four days later next to a bridge. 
Police also found a poem that Pilcher had written, which indicated he was depressed, but nothing to say he was going to kill himself. Right. Okay. Uh, they the a leading theory of the investigation was that Joe Pilcher jumped off the bridge. However, search dogs. Like, no, nothing. No one found any... Not even Beethoven. Not even Beethoven. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, the family, um, Pilcher's father, stated that Joe was actually intending to return to acting after he got his braces removed in the next year or so. Right. Right? Um, they believe, the family believe he was kidnapped or killed. They don't think he committed suicide. Right. Obviously, due to his fame. No, it was well, like a you know, crazed fan of yeah, Beethoven's yeah. third. <laughs> uh, being that we now know that the new Beethoven canon, starting from Beethoven's big break, is set in the real world where Beethoven uh, is a movie star, that means that in this current continuity, Joe Pilcher went missing too. <laughs> okay? That means because the big break Christmas adventure and treasure tale never state the year that it's set in. So it could be set in 1992. Mm-hmm. They cast someone who isn't George who isn't Charles Grover as George Newton, but it could be that actor could be playing Charles Grover, Charles Grover playing George Newton. Right. So we can assume that Beethoven's big break to uh, treasure tale take place during the run of the original Beethoven series. Yeah. The right? theatrical releases. Yeah. Um, so that, so Joe Pilcher went missing in this universe and Beethoven, who is now a grizzled St. Bernard in his twilight years, despite having a successful movie and TV career, has always been haunted by the disappearance of Joe. He felt like he could have done something. He felt like he, it was his fault almost. Um, and as he comes to terms with his own mortality, Beethoven decides to try and do one last good deed in his life and is going to try find Joe Pilcher and solve the mystery of his missing friend going on one last adventure in Beethoven's final symphony. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's the Logan of the Beethoven series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that also <laughs> reminded me... Yeah, on the yeah, dogs team. So what's his name? Uh, Eddie McDowd. From 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd. He's a dog. Yeah. He gets turned into a dog and um, he has to do 100 good deeds. And it was great. It was a TV series on Nickelodeon. And mm. it was brilliant. Who voiced the dog? Topher Grace? No, it was Seth Green. Seth Green, that's right. Um, so anyway, Joe Pilcher. Real, a true, like I'm a, a bit of... Uh, off pod info about me I'm a true crime buff we don't talk about it much on, on the podcast because the podcast is about movies but I'm real into true crime I love like missing persons are my favourite type of true crime they're yeah. just so interesting um, you're going to go missing one day and the statement I'm going to give to the police is it's how I would have wanted <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I got very excited when we got Beethoven because I read that separate from this as I said um, what do you think That's Beethoven's cool. final symphony yeah yeah and he dies. He dies at the end. He finds... I don't know if Joe's alive in the film. Yeah, Maybe yeah. he's dead, but he, like, he finds, finds closure. Happened, yeah. yeah. Um, and, then he, and then he has to get the family to... Um, the Joe Pilcher's family to lick the dog candy cane so Tom Arnold's <laughs> voice can tell what happened to their son. <laughs> um, for you, man. Isn't that insane? That's so that, that kid went missing. He, he was in a few... He hadn't acted for a few years, but he went missing in 2006. Um, right. When was Beethoven's third? 2000. Uh, 2000, yeah. yeah. So he was in third and fourth. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so 2000, 2001. Yeah. What's he up to these days? Who? Joe Pilcher. Well, he's missing. What? I just... <laughs> no one knows. I think he killed himself. Yeah, that's that's the leading theory, but there's nothing to indicate that other than a 
slightly Other depressing than like, and the fact that he left his car next to a bridge yeah and he was depressed yeah but mm, a real <laughs> head scratcher <laughs> um fun fact about uh that continuation of the franchise is that aj is actually saying uh the the guy's name wrong the whole time to- the whole time um what what does he say pickler or he says pilcher um joe pickler but it's actually um yeah it's it's the l comes after the ch so it's it's probably pickler um or pitchler i guess um but yeah that was kind of funny that that we ended up having the most popular episode we'd had up until that point and it had and it had a factual error in it up next we got another quintessential episode of film franchise fortnite so this is uh the lamp before time an episode which if you go back and listen to um we kind of thought you know lamp before time a lot of people grew up with this a lot of people have nostalgia for this but we we ended up um spending the first uh however many minutes of it talking about different fetishes and i explained mmp which is the parliamentary system used in new zealand so while it's while it's a um you know the episode is, is quite good. It takes a while to to get in there, uh, very funnily. But this is uh, might be the the shortest uh, continue the franchise we're going to have today. But it, it's very fun. Check it out. Here's my continue the franchise. This might be my favorite continue the franchise I've ever done. Um, it's not a film. It's an official press release from Universal Studios stating they'll never make another Land Before Time film. Wow, that's the opposite of a continue the franchise. Yeah, no, it's like. It's one piece of media being released, and that's it. Yeah, and look, that's that's one of the examples we give to our guests when they're worrying about uh, continuing the franchise, is that, that you don't have to take it seriously. You don't have to try that hard, but uh, that's the only time that a press release has been the, uh, the continuation of the franchise. Following on from this, we've now got uh, AJ's continuation of the franchise for The Mask. Now, this is one which which started, I, I believe he's about to tell you, uh, was was like a Twitter thread that, that he, he came up with and then used on an episode. And uh, yeah, this is this is one of those kind of alternate history ones. But it's, it's quite interesting. And I'll be interested to hear what you guys think. I was interested to hear what you guys thought two or three years ago when we recorded the episode but now hopefully we've got new people listening to this so uh you know do 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 comment cool so i'm just going to read out the tweet that i sent but it's also going to sound like stream of consciousness at the same time well i thought sorry i thought for my continue the franchise um that we could kind of just have a bit of fun with your one together yeah i that that would be cool i agree um so here's what I wrote. It's a shame we never got a proper sequel to The Mask. It would have been so cool to see a sequel every three to five years where The Mask makes its way to a different person played by whatever comedic actor was big at the time who could give their own interpretation of The Mask's character. We'd be talking about who'd get cast in The Mask in the next Mask sequel in the same way we'd talk about James Bond actors or Doctor Who. Plus, the powers of The Mask itself weren't necessarily wacky. That was just Jim's Ca- Jim Carrey's version. The Mask simply exemplified its wearer's traits they could all be basically their own separate stories as well no need to connect them beyond the mask itself winding up in their position different writers and directors too that way if one was bad it won't doom the next one and we can keep on making new mask movies forever 
Uh, sure, the original r- original movies are great, but there's something really intriguing about taking a specific actor with a specific style and having the mask push that style to its most extreme and exaggerated level. Throughout the years, we could have seen an Adam Sandler mask or a Dave Chappelle mask, Will Ferrell, Seth Rogen, Key and or Peel. We can do lady masks too with Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, Kristen Bell, Tina Fey, Amy Schumer. All these folks would have had unique interpretations. It's not too late, Hollywood. We can just ignore Son of the Mask and the same way we ignore Dumb and Dumberer and just do The Mask 2 or The Mask Returns or The Mask Lives and file that original sequel away as a first attempt. Now, that was what I wrote. Another thought I want to throw in here is that the mask, the original mask feels so set up to be a franchise. Like, the music in it is like a a score composed for the film that feels like it should be more iconic than it is. You know, so mm. I, have, I have similar feelings about the live-action Casper films, <laughs> that both those films, they their the music elevates, especially Casper, because Casper's a shit movie if you watch it these days, but the music in it is gorgeous. Anyway, back to The Mask. Um, like, I can picture hearing that music today in the same way we hear Star Wars or Back to the Future or... Godzilla. Godzilla or like Pirates of the Caribbean and think oh that's the mask theme tune and that's the the music we associate with the mask Um, what do you think of this idea because I think this is one of the best ideas I've had yeah no I think it's a good idea Um, but yeah I thought we could like go through and like pitch what films would have could come out of this and like who would have starred and how they would have done because mm. it's, it's funny because of this idea i kind of feel like son of the mask would have still happened in this alternate reality because you'd get films yeah. where they bet on someone like jamie kennedy being the next um you know uh jim carrey mm. kind of thing yeah and so um but yeah i was trying to think of like you know you'd get like the first black mask the first yeah like lady mask and like yeah, you can just imagine, like, so they'll do the first lady mask and it'll be, like, someone that's career didn't really take off. Like, they'll be, like, Natasha Leggero. Or, I mean, she's, like, she's, she's, like, reasonably successful as a comedian, but, like, didn't have, like, a hasn't had, like, a successful film career. And people will be like, oh, that one's the worst one. And, so, and people yeah. will be like, oh, it's because she's a woman and or because, like, but it'll just be, like, it just didn't take off in the same way. Yeah. And um, it's it's like this alternate history that I don't even necessarily think the films would be all good. It just makes sense. Mm. Like yeah, I mean, oh, they definitely be terrible ones, and there'll be yeah, yeah, yeah. there'll be a lot of people that say the first one's the only good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, like there'll be because I'm trying to think of like who would be the actors that would take on the role of the mask. It, it is people like Jamie Kennedy, I think. Of yeah. like, I don't think I think ninety there would there be maybe one or two people that would do the mask that actually like made a but career Jamie Kennedy's Jamie Kennedy's mask isn't like an exaggerated version of Jamie Kennedy's comedy is it I don't know Jamie Kennedy's comedy I mean, he does like character stuff and yeah. show that but um but like um the one the one that I can like that seems perfect for the mask I would say is Jack Black yeah man totally He's the only. Yeah. He, he's like, if if you were like, you can have one mask sequel with a different comedic actor. Jack Black seems like the obvious one to me because mm. he's got a different, like, equally wacky, exuberant kind of style to Jim yeah. Carrey, but not in the exact same way. Yeah, I agree. I think 
I was thinking of different comedic styles that would be really interesting because the idea, the the main the main like nugget of the idea here is that you take a comedian with a like iconic style and turn the dial up to 110 right because you can't even get angry at it for being like overdone then right because jim carrey is the mask at his most extreme Mm. you know and so i was thinking someone like jason bateman who's like his jason bateman's career as being the best straight man in a comedy you know yeah jason bateman's such a treasure yeah, what would an extreme straight man <laughs> look like? Right, right. What would Jason Bateman's mask look like? Like, you know? And I don't have an answer for that. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> like, would he be super by the books or would he still be like, would he be, he'd be more like Bugs Bunny almost more so, you know? Like, way more confident and like assured, maybe? Mm. Or um, Norm MacDonald would be an interesting one because he's quite, um, you know, his his sense of humor is very like, um, understated and like right, yeah. I, I guess to I would, yeah. I, I don't know that that would necessarily work. I'm, I don't think it would I'm, work. Either, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking more. You get like Jack Black would be a perfect one. Like Andy Samberg would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, I've got written down here on the list I read out before. I've got Adam Sandler. He was like when Adam Sandler was big. Yeah, like that, like that yelling and screaming at each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle, I would have loved to have seen. Yeah, but again, he's he's a lot more like you don't see him get worked up. Yeah, you do. I reckon you do. Huh? Like he's the Chappelle Show and stuff, like all those characters. Here's some pretty extreme characters. Yeah, um, I've got Will Ferrell be another one. Like I'm, I'm looking. I get that you're looking more at like whose career were they trying to kick off with this film. I'm looking at it more like who can we capitalize on. Oh no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily just saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like you know, I was plotting out my fictional alternate yeah, yeah. Um, reality. It would be that there would be ones that didn't take off. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like it's um, the whole like turning someone's dial up is like if you're if you're turning up a dial of like Jason Bateman. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not really getting. Yeah. yeah when it's like, whereas I, I'm thinking character like actors that are known for high energy, Eric but Andre. In, in different ways. Yeah, like Eric Andre or like um, yeah, like like Robin Williams could have done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who uh, there's another one I had, but yeah, like yeah, Andy Samberg, uh, Jack Black's like the perfect one, like mm. Kevin Hart. Mm. Yeah. The Rock. Yeah. It's not even a comedian. <laughs> we always come back to The Rock when yeah. talking about this show. I don't know why. I, why. Why is it always The Rock that comes? What is it about him that that makes me want to cast him in things? It's, it's his big arms. Mm. All righty. I'm, I'm starting all of these um, like back, back announcers. Uh, is what we call them in the industry. Staying them all with all righty, aren't I? I'm gonna, I'm, next time I'm going to make a conscious effort to choose a different word. But, uh, yeah, so that, that was the mask. And next up we've got another one from AJ, this one, this time talking about Scream. So I kind of took a leaf out of American Pie's book um, because Scream and American Pie share a lot of similarities. You know, they, they, they are kind of a... At first, a trilogy, which then had a fourth one come in late. They're both kind of like indicative of the time that they were released. They're both both like textbooks examples of their 
genre. Scream probably is more a parody or a satire of that than a textbook example, but, you know, there are similarities there. So one thing that American Pie did that Scream didn't do was in between three and four, in the years, the the long years in between episodes three and four, um, they actually did a straight-to-DVD spin-off series called American Pie Presents. Mm. So to copy it entirely, my new Continue the Franchise, which I feel is better than the ideas I did pitch, um, is the Scream Presents straight-to-DVD series. Um, And the general concept for them is they can be real low-budget versions of, like, the Scream series, I guess. So I think the first one would just more or less be, say there's four, like there are with American Pie. Um, The first one would more or less just be a copy a a straight a commentary because since scream was a commentary on all their um genres and and sequels and stuff it would be a commentary on straight to dvd sequels and then the remaining three would all find a niche um horror element that that so maybe scream presents the the second straight to DVD spinoff could be like a haunted house mm. movie or like a claustrophobic movie and presumably it would star judge reinhold yeah. Clint Howard. Yeah. Um, who's the other guy that's in all of them? Booger. Yeah, Booger. Yeah, Booger from <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds would appear at some point. Yeah. Um, so I've got a plot outline for the first um, straight-to-DVD spinoff, which I don't have a Ooh. title for, so maybe we could come up with oh, that. Oh, okay, so yeah, is, let's do that. Sounds like fun. The, this is Scream Presents whatever the straight-to-DVD, first straight-to-DVD spinoff, and it is about, I'm thinking, um, one of randy's relatives like Mm. randy's cousin or something like that right and um it's set in a different town from um where where was scream set woodsboro woodsboro set in a different town from woodsboro um but yeah randy's cousin um there's he's the main character it's set at a high school and all of a sudden these murders start taking place by a ghost face or maybe like a ghost face lookalike. However, there are a lot sloppier murders. There are a lot less um, consistent. The the voice that you hear when he rings you up isn't the traditional ghost face voice. Um, and so the the characters are led to, to sort of make the, the assumption that this is not a top-notch um, ghost face killer. This is a poor ripoff a poor man's ghost face killer which then leads into the meta conversation that it's the straight to dvd sequel to the scream saga right because mm. it's not as good it's not as it's not as well thought out it's Doesn't a lot the cheaper. same budget yeah yeah it's not the same budget and, and all that sort of thing um there'll be conversations about like there, there'll be a lot more graphic nudity and sex scenes in the spin-offs and there'll be a conversation about how you can do that and and straight to DVD well, yeah, spinoffs. Because you could have like, because um, say they say this comes out now, yeah. um, you could do this about the straight to DVD stab eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly, totally. Yeah, exactly. So th- that could be the the um, there's a, yeah there's the a catalyst. parallel to the stab films that yeah. that allow for the conversation to happen. <laughs> and basically, that's I don't have much of a story in mind, but it's basically everything that is indicative of straight to DVD sequels, um, but in a real lame and <laughs> like, like you know and just just articulated in the meta narrative that Scream has, which in my opinion would actually make it quite a charming movie that it's aware of its own. Shortcomings. Um, flaws. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
um and so then i don't know yeah as i said the 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 next one would be like a haunted house movie maybe and maybe it's completely separate from scream except for the name and maybe maybe there's another one of randy's cousins or another or maybe like (laughs) another prescott but there's no ghost face but there's something equally as theatrical you know like some maybe something like someone wearing a wig or something like that that compensates for the lack of ghost face but isn't ghost face but like and the house has a ghost face mask hanging on the front door so yeah, effectively yeah. the ghost is the house is wearing the mask yeah that's cool um and i don't know maybe the third one is um an alien movie you know i'm, I'm just spitballing mm. like like th- we we basically go through all the different subgenres within slasher i guess there's no alien slashes but yeah no um <laughs> but you know there, there's psychological thrillers there's um claustrophobic thrillers there's things like that which could all be um scream slasher spin-offs so that is my revised pitch for continue the franchise um what do you think yeah no it's cool all right i fucking i did it again didn't i i was going to say oh who am i bloody um uh ace ventura he says all righty then um maybe i'll maybe i'll start the next segment my this little interstitial of you you've got me doing uh with with a different ace ventura uh, quote because um, that was also one of the very first franchises we covered i believe it was the second episode um anyway i'm rambling but uh here's uh, aj's continuation for look who's talking and actually uh, it might just be mine as well i've just spoiled the whole thing the whole yeah um anyway here's here's both of our continuations of the franchise for look who's talking my idea for continue the franchise is called look who's talking still and it stars bruce willis as a grown-up mikey and um either james or molly um so either uh john travolta or kirstie alley's character one of them dies um or they both die and so mikey and julie who maybe shouldn't be played by roseanne barr um (laughs) They have, they've been estranged for years, right? They never talk to each other anymore, but they reunite to deliver their father, mother or father's body from one side of the country to the other for the funeral. But here's the twist, Richard. John mm-hmm. Travolta returns as the internal monologue for the dead body. Nice. So it's look who's talking still. Because he's still. Yeah. Like stationary. And he's, and he's still talking. It works on multiple levels. Yeah. Um, well. I think that's one of my best- ctfs ever yeah and you know what what in a film franchise Fortnite's first yeah that was my idea as well no way bruce willis returning and look who's talking still as an adult mikey are you serious yeah like right down to the the title yeah and did you have the dead body idea no that's pretty weird i I did have like like a, a dead parent that was the first thing I thought of was yeah. the dead body talking. <laughs> Funny, yeah, I was no, like, what's the I, opposite I, 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 of babies? Look who's talking still, or look. I, I kind of like look to, look who's still talking, just to interrupt the flow. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, well, that's yeah. A, a Bruce Willis playing an adult Mikey and look who's talking still was my idea. Wow. Like a glove. There we go. That's another Ace Ventura reference. Um, I'm just going to try keep these little bits in between short because it means it's less work for me when I have to edit it, uh, and then it's also less work for you when you have to listen to it. But uh, here's one where uh, we had a guest on, uh, Alex Powell, and uh, we we all, we were discussing the Airbud franchise. And fun fact about this you're going to hear all of our continuations of the franchise but 
This clip contains the hardest I have ever laughed on the podcast and potentially in my entire life. So there's an easy way and a, and a more nuanced way of coming up with an Airbud sequel for the continue the franchise. The easiest way is if the next Airbud film is about a sport, which sport is it about and what's it called? Is that what you guys did? Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, that's what I did. Because there's so many other sequels and spin-offs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. So, give me... Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. So, I... If you if you nick my one, I'm going to come over there and do you in. <laughs> I, did, I did golf. Oh, yeah. Um, Is it called All Fours? No, it's oh. called uh, Airbud in the Rough. Oh, that's, that's good. great. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Rough, spelled R-U-F-F. Uh, because I was going... Because I, I wasn't sure what you were going to be doing kind of thing so I this morning I opened up a Google Doc and I listed like every sport I could think of and I was going to come up with a sequel title for all of them and then I was like fuck this is real hard so I just <laughs> did golf nice oh right. actually the other one I came up with uh, did either of you guys do cricket no no. I did uh, Paul before wicket that's, that's uh, nice. yeah but it's not <laughs> it, it like doesn't like fit but it's yeah. you know yeah. so um, the, the rest of them are like homonyms whereas that's just like replacing yeah. the dog version or something Okay, so any more story elements or just he plays golf? Oh, he'd be real good at it. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's, that's, dog never's up if, a god, if, a, if a god, god, god plays basketball. <laughs> if god can play, yeah. Um, if a dog can play uh, golf, does he play it on his hind legs or does he use his mouth? I'd say it'd be similar to the baseball one, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Maybe some slightly modified. Yeah, this club. is number six on the plausibility scale. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right, Alex, what have you got for us? Right, I'm going to throw some, some, some things at you. Yeah. Right? Basketball. He's done that already. No, no, no. Just bear with me. Okay. Basketball. Yeah. American football. Yeah. Regular football. Yeah. What was there? Baseball. Yeah. Volleyball. Yeah. What have they got in common? They're all balls. No, they're all team sports. Okay. So <laughs> what I want to do is I want to see him, buddy, just go out and rep it on his own. Mm. And I thought, so what's a, what would be a good sport to see a dog? And you could have tennis. You could have you know golf, as Richard said. But no, I've chosen Formula One. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see Buddy driving a car, and I want to see his pit crew of all dogs changing tires and whatnot. That's amazing. Uh, for a name, this this was so hard, and I've settled on Whip It Fast. Yeah, because a whip it's a dog. Okay. So, what about Formula Bone? Again, no. Um. Yeah, because I, I, cause you mentioned that to me, and, I, and I, I've been trying to think of one for yeah. it as well. But um, yeah, I was thinking, so you could do something with like Indy 500. Or no, like, again, because I want it to be Formula One, because I want to see him in Europe. Because right. I think Europe's, I mean, Europe's probably a bit more liberal. And they European pooch. Again. They'd probably call it something like that. It doesn't even <laughs> yeah, or like, um, yeah, like, like pit crew and pit stop. Like, mm, yeah. there's something, there's got to be something pup, there. Pup crew, was it? Yeah, like pup yeah, crew. Exactly. crew. Pup, pup stop. I mean, yeah, he could go to NASCAR, but that's just turning is left. There, is, um. <laughs> is there a dog food called something bits? Kibble and bits. Yeah, kibble and bits, yeah. Kibble, kibble and bits crew? Yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah. I'm not good at puns. No. Like, like, there's so, like, each sport has so many terms that go with yeah. it and there are so many dog words <laughs> like it should be easy but it's really not bow wow wow look at him go <laughs> uh my idea for continue the franchise um i tried to you know i'm not a very sporty person so i tried to apply it to my life and i thought um first of all i was tempted well, a podcast I, <laughs> I was tempted to to pitch earbud versus beethoven but i feel like that well is kind of dry and that was my beethoven contender franchise anyway was it yeah i was too um it's not quite alien versus predator so it's i not quite cats and dogs i decided to go for earbud plays esports 
So he's playing oh, yeah. video games. And the best <laughs> idea I could come up with, and this is one of the worst title ideas I've ever had, <laughs> Earbud Like a Dog with a Pwn. <laughs> i got to say... I'm just laughing at Rich's reaction. I don't think that's good. But, but honestly, I've known Rich for about a year now. And I've never seen him laugh like that. I, only I can do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it still gets me. It still gets me when I think about that. Uh, and and I I was just thinking about it because I just I, you know I did a little uh, in between. Th- you know what you know what's happening. You you give me. Now for one of the darkest moments of our podcast, the final destination. Continue the franchise. My sort of main idea that I, I'm kind of interested in, and I think this would probably work best as uh, like a novel or even like an anime or a manga, mm. um, which is like a first for in terms of the medium. <laughs> Bad but, anime. <laughs> because I, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but, I'm fascinated by, because death is like so obviously a character in these films, but I'd love to see who it is that's giving them the premonitions mm-hmm. because it, presumably there's some like opposing force to death. You you posited that it could be death himself. Um, mm. You know, this part of his plan this part of his game. But I mean, like if you're a fan of Death Note, you know, it could be like two Shinigami that are working against each other. Mm-hmm. Um because they are like almost kind of death notey yeah. sort of things, and it's, it's you know you can imagine that it's like a Shinigami that's gotten his death note. If you if you if you watch Death Note, it's going to make not make any sense. Um, Shinigami are like are basically Grim Reapers, and yeah. the death note is you can write a name in it, and the person will die, or and you can write how they'll die as well. So, so like imagine like a Shinigami or a Grim Reaper is fucked up and let a bunch of people live by accident and now he's like got to <laughs> course correct but in the yeah. most like ridiculous way so they That's still look like really they could be funny. accidents like the the unseen force behind all movies is actually like the chris farley of grim reapers <laughs> he's just yeah, screwed yeah. up and he's like fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah like yeah it's his first day on the job and yeah, but or, or uh, you know you can take it more seriously, and it's these two opposing forces. And this is yeah, I think this would probably work better as a novel rather than it would just be too ridiculous to film. But um, yeah, really have those two forces, and maybe they could be played. the The one wanting them to die could be played by Jason Priestley, and the one who is trying to is giving them the premonitions is played by Eliza Dushku. If the, this is if you were to make a movie out of it, and essentially you've got true calling. Mm. Well, the mortician, Tony Todd's mortician in the films is like definitely supposed implied to be some kind of in the know character. Mm. I mean, so, maybe he's the one giving the premonitions yeah, and maybe yeah. you could explore that. Mm. Cool. Cool. That's a really cool idea. I really like that. Um, shall I do my one now? No, I think I should just cut it there. <laughs> um, so after coming up with all these different ideas, I eventually settled. I was like, no, I, to me, the most interesting thing, or at least the thing we haven't seen a pa- expanded on much across the series is the cast of characters. So it's usually it's either high school students or total strangers. The fifth one's like an office, like co-workers. Um, yeah. But my sequel would be to see us visiting the set of a film, star, a film, a set of a film which stars an ensemble cast. Um, so A-list actors would appear in the film playing themselves, and due to a freak accident on set, all the actors are killed. But it turns out it's only like 
Kate Blanchett's premonition or something, and she saves everyone. Um, the usual format for the final stage films plays out, but with one fun twist, all the actors are now working on separate projects, and so their deaths each take place on different film sets within their different different genres. And Richard, I've written them all down, and would you like to hear my deaths? <laughs> All right. So the first one, um, Jennifer Lawrence is electrocuted by a faulty fog machine on the set of a horror film. Um, Kira Knightley drowns during the filming of a rom-com climax where her character dives into a duck pond to chase after her eccentric lover. Um, Will Smith explodes during a dangerous scene for his latest action film after he's mistaken for his own stunt double and winds up in the car that his character is supposed to jump out of before it crashes into a wall. Um, Sigourney Weaver gets rolled up and suffocates in a green screen after it accidentally gets caught in the winding chain of a camera crane on the set of a sci-fi film. Um, Sean Bean is stabbed through the heart on the set of a medieval war film after the trick sword was mistaken to be by was after the trick sword was mistaken by one of the real swords with one of the real swords brought onto set at the request of the prop department as a reference so they pick up the real the real like sword instead of the the prop sword the trick sword yeah um Jackie Chan is performing a stunt on the set of his next Kung Fu movie, um, but unfortunately a loose screw in the rig of a Steadicam operator causes the Steadicam to knock the camera into one of the tripods, which falls over onto the boom operator, who drops his boom pole onto a teetering pile of new script drafts, which fall over, knocking an ornamental orb which served as the film's MacGuffin, and that orb rolls along the floor into the path of Jackie Chan after he completes a bad wall run he slips on it and falls off the high-rise set onto the craft table impaling himself on the toothpicks and the sandwiches um i've got i've got two Mood. three more um jared leto's face is melted off after the sulfuric acid that he bought onto the set of james gunn's suicide squad 2 to freak out his co-stars with is accidentally knocked into his white joker makeup before it is applied to his face um, and of course, a strap breaks in the centimeter accurate rig on the set of the new Mission Impossible film, and Tom Cruise takes a knife directly through his eyeball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the film ends with Kate Blanchett, who thinks she's beaten death, getting run over by a bus which is advertising her next film. After nice. this, we hear cut and we zoom out of the movie set and see Kate get up from her stunt and brush herself off and the director of the actual film so say it's Stephen Quayle right he's, he's there yeah. and he's like cut and he goes like great job everybody let's let's bring it in and everyone comes in for like a group hug and a pep talk but while this is going on a helicopter crashes into the Hollywood sign dismantling the giant H which tumbles down the hill and crushes the entire cast and crew of the film <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of the dumbest things you've ever said <laughs> what do you mean it's so like it, it feels like a robot chicken sketch yeah of course it's not, i'm not taking this seriously um i feel like oh, you, you, you missed- absolutely killed my buzz then dude i was like 3 <laughs> 22 in the morning i was like hell yeah this is dope <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not surprised you came up with it at 3 22 in the morning now, I remember when this next episode seemed like way too long. It was like, whoa, no one's going to listen to a 12-hour podcast, which was, if you add up all our podcasts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's 12 hours long. Um, but that that was the MCU. So, you know, pe- people kind of like, they, they it feels like they invite that much discussion. Uh, but now, of course, you know, we, we've, we've trumped that 
with a, an 18 hour, 23 minute podcast on the Barbie films. And who knows, maybe we'll be that one day. I certainly hope not, uh, because that was, that was an awful thing to go through. But we made it on the other side and, and we made it out of the other side of the, the MCU, uh, film franchise Fortnites as well and this is this is from phase two so um what was that so what started phase two uh, iron man three through to ant-man i believe and uh here's aj's continue the franchise oh okay i'm gonna do something i've already done in a very recent episode and that's take one of the movies and so, and cancel it strike it from continuity <laughs> and instead say it should have been a video game which i did for the, the girl on the spiders web from the millennium series mm. um and you're gonna do with ant-man Ant-Man. Ant-Man is obviously the one to... So, I think, especially with Edgar Wright leaving, especially with it coming out after Age of Ultron, I think Ant-Man should have been to video games what Daredevil and Jessica Jones were to TV for for the for marvel right right okay this should have started ant-man should be the face of the marvel cinematic universe video game mm, branch you're doing video games this week yeah i did video games last week oh very cool um so i it, it seems obvious to me because one of the things i don't like about ant-man is that um he can you can control ants <laughs> it just seems so so you don't need that as well as shrinking like that that justifies why he's called ant-man is because he's small like an ant i think the whole telekinetically controlling ants thing is very like they just get away with it like it's just explained enough for me to be okay with it but in a video game that's the mechanics of the game right so you control the ants and you can there's different types of ants that you Scott, use for different things you control the ants the ants um <laughs> and of course there's also the the shrinking uh you know the the shrinking game mechanic feels part of it as well basically everything about ant-man is feels so disconnected from the rest of the series that to me it should have been the video game that came out tied to the MCU and then you know you've got ant-man and the wasp you can you experience that even further i was thinking the first level of the ant-man game you would be playing as hank pym in the war and that's like your first taste of it and then skip forward however many years now you're playing as as scott and you don't have the shrinking stuff for a bit and then you finally get it the um the climax of of ant-man which is actually probably my favorite part of the film when they're fighting in his daughter's bedroom and there's a thomas the tank engine i love that about the film that's a that's a video game that's a boss battle mm. you, you know what i mean yeah. like and then you go into the quantum realm all every basically everything about the ant-man both ant-man films feels like i want to play the video game of it as opposed to watch a movie of it up next we've got i know what you did last summer and this is funny because i uh aj and i we've been we've been talking about doing a, a continue the franchise clip show for a while we were going to do it uh while we were on our break for barbie but then we, we realized that we counted the weeks wrong and we actually didn't need to do it there but we thought oh, we'll do it anyway and do it afterwards and we put together a list of you know continue the franchises that we thought might make the cut and um and and aj wrote down my continue the franchise for i know what you did last summer and i i couldn't remember it but um I've since remembered it because I had to clip it up to 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 do this. Um, but here's here's my continuation uh, for I know what you did last summer. So I um, 
I've decided to, and it's following on from our discussion about titles, I've decided to, and we, we can work on this together as well, I've got some, um, is I've decided to turn I Know What You Did Last Summer into a classic horror film franchise. So imagine if I Know What You Did Last Summer came out in 1982. So then mm-hmm. you would have had I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, and then Last Summer, and then I Know What You Did Last Summer 5, <laughs> and then the prequel, which is called The Fisherman, yeah. And then, um, wait, the the fisherman colon a new last summer story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I know what you're doing this summer, and I know what you're doing mm. next summer. So that's that's yeah. when we've now because of always summer. Um, I'll, I'll always know. Introduce the supernatural elements. Um, this is now you know very supernatural and involves like pre crime and stuff like that. But I know what you're doing next summer bombed at the box office so they didn't make another one for 10 years and then they um ended up doing a crossover which was called i know the hell you raised last friday the 13th on elm street um (laughs) which is like a four-way between because now the you know the ben willis is a horror icon yeah that's what they're trying to do with him isn't it they're trying to make him a horror icon and then uh there was a five-year gap and then they made I know what you did last summer, Exodus, which was they had to make it to keep the rights. Um, mm-hmm. And it's critically panned. And yeah. then um, Six Year Gap, um, I don't I didn't work out how many years between these films. But anyway, this one would come out this year. It's called I Still Don't What You Did Last Summer. And it ignores everything apart from the first film and Free Prince Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt return. Another continued franchise. I cannot remember what i put but um it was it's on now it's on our list of greatest is my continuation for the fast and the furious okay so i like the idea of fast and furious again getting more ridiculous so um and i think that's where everyone wants to go with it so um one idea i had was called the park and the furious um which is where for some bizarre reason uh the gang has to go to isla nublar um for their mission um and outrun dinosaurs in their cars um and then that got me thinking of like yeah other shit well so i've got a couple crossovers a couple more crossovers as well so obviously that's a reference to jurassic park the park and the furious um this is my idea for fast nine um so and I've got two titles for this as well. So this involves time travel where the gang goes back in time. Um, and also because it has to do with cars as well. So they go back to Nazi Germany, um, you know, mm. with like BMWs and stuff. Um, and uh, on an attempt to kill Hitler. Um, so this has got two I know titles. I where this is going. <laughs> it's got two titles, either Fast 9, yeah. as in N-E-I-N, or The Past and the Furious. Fury Very good. Um, if you with an umlaut, um, H R U, the past and the fury, furious. Um, and then I thought we could do a remake of the first film. Um, yep. but now that there's the technology is better, uh, we can uh give them cat ears and cover them in fur um and the cats and the furious which is also owned by universal this is what i was looking at um yeah. <laughs> what's owned by universal Idris so. Elba? yeah Idris Elba as well um maybe he's the crossover he's where it yeah, connects yeah. um and then uh dark and furious or the dark and the furious uh which is um the the second attempt at starting a dark universe 
um, but <laughs> using it as like using the Fast and the Furious franchise as like a backdoor pilot. Yeah, um, yeah. So- it's, it's the Wolfman, but if the Wolfman really liked driving fast cars, <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So like Dom and Tur- Dom Torito and his gang take on the Mummy and Bride yeah. of Frankenstein and the Invisible Man. It's the way to do. It's the only way to do the Dark Universe. And then the, so each they've film, tried every other way. Yeah, it would be dark. It would be like Dark and Furious versus the Wolfman, and then yeah. in the next film they end up recruiting the Wolfman to take on. Bride of Frankenstein. Benicio <laughs> Del Toro could return as the Wolfman. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro is a, is a good Fast and Furious actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Yes, that's mine. It's always fun having guests on our show. And uh, normally our guests are kind of just thrown into a franchise that they don't really know that much about. But we've never had quite so much of an expert on uh, on a film franchise as when we had Tim Bat from The Worst Idea of All Time to talk to us about Sex in the City 1 and 2. Uh, Tim, of course, has seen both of these films upwards of 52 times uh, for his podcast, uh, which is very fun. And him and, Ty- and Guy Montgomery, his, his podcasting partner, uh, appeared with us on our Barbie podcast last week. And we also did a fun little special during lockdown last year. Um but this is uh, mine and Tim's continuations of the franchise for uh, Sex in the City. Well, I'll, I'll jump in if you don't mind, Richard, yeah, so we yeah. can end on your one. Uh, okay. So what I would like for this franchise is a theme park experience. I've forgotten the terminology <laughs> they use now because it's not like a roller coaster or a thrill ride, but yeah. it is a, an experiential oh, yeah. journey into mm-hmm. the heart of Sex in the City using a combination of um, the most advanced roller coaster technology that we've got. <laughs> um, there are lasers. There yes. are oh. holograms. We are being visited um, by Magda, who has died in the world <laughs> of um, the Motion Master experience that is <laughs> Sex in the City 4D. Um, <laughs> we, we open, so get this, you tumble into your carriage with your friends, and the doors open and you emerge out into the um, big closet that Mr. Big has built carry and mm-hmm. you go through mm-hmm. it a la Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe Ooh. and then it opens up into this crazy world where you visit all of the friends individually. And so um, you go to Samantha first and you get this like liquid sprayed on you because um, <laughs> some dude's just uh, done his d- <laughs> dirty deed on you. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, you feel it and you smell it and it's horrible. <laughs> and then you It's the uh, dude with you, the funky spunk. Exactly. <laughs> you, you go over <laughs> you go over to uh Charlotte and you emerge in her like pantry and then you peep out and she's just screaming your tits off at her kids. Um, and it's it's very loud and it's chaotic and then her nanny comes and takes them away and then the nanny um, leaves with Charlotte as well so you continue on your journey and then you see um, Miranda and she and Steve are just fucking going at it <laughs> and and you get to watch in 3D and to be honest it's, pre- it's pretty grisly stuff <laughs> and then that, that's the end of the ride wow wow that's have we ever that's had a theme cool. park experience pitched as a continue so. the franchise? That's great. I love it. <laughs> I just I love the idea of of like what theme park would make a, a you know you know movies <laughs> that just don't deserve to yeah. have theme park rides made up. Sometimes the theme park ride comes first. I think this is what happened with Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, yeah. and yeah. the Haunted and, Mansion um, and the uh, Jungle Cruise. Yeah, Jungle Cruise, the upcoming Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie. Classic. Um, yeah, yeah. I went on a um, 
in in Japan, I was in Japan recently. I got back one Sex in the City plus one podcast ago because that's wow. what I've been doing since I arrived. Um, there was a Jaws ride, which was like you're on a boat cruise where um, you are being taken around the place where Jaws was filmed, and then a shark attacks the boat. And then the like skipper who is just like some actor, um, attacks, like, you know, shoots the shark or whatever. And then at the end, he's, <laughs> when you come back to the like entrance, he's like, Hey, can you guys not tell my boss about the shark? And <laughs> the guy we had was like so funny. The whole thing was in Japanese. I didn't understand a word of it. Um, but the guy was really giving it his all. And it was such a, such a fantastic Dude, was, experience. <laughs> was this universal in Osaka? Yeah. I've been on that ride. It's <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. great. <laughs> did you do the Did you do the RoboCop one? Because that is so confusing as a non Japanese speaker. <laughs> no, I don't think they would. They have what was the RoboCop one? You get the, the vast majority of it is someone who works at Cyberdyne giving a speech to you entirely <laughs> in Japanese. <laughs> there are yeah. No subtitles, no headphones with the translation, nothing. And I just yeah. love the attitude that they have there of like, well, if you're not going to learn the language, get bent. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, there was the um, one where you have to help Spider-Man. That was quite good. That was and, great. Um, yeah, they blow hot He spoke area. Japanese. Yeah. No, nah, that was blo- a bloody fantastic time. Anyway, Here Richard, and, um- stop stalling. Yeah. What's your- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, I'm just trying to think of a new one because I had a theme park ride. No, I didn't. Um, uh, <laughs> my So my idea um, is ideally I'd want this to come out in like 10 years' time kind of thing. Um, so this is like, you know, a distant sequel of, of sorts. So it follows a young girl who- Moves to the big city. Uh, she's from small town America. She wants to make it big in the fashion industry. So she's um, bright eyed, bushy tailed, moves and, and manages to get a job making coffees or something at Vogue magazine. And then, you know, things uh, don't really go her way. So late at night in her shitty one bedroom apartment, she's, she's there wondering why she never made it. Uh, in the same way that her favorite author did. And she pulls out one of the books and it's written by Carrie Bradshaw. And she's lived her, this girl's lived her whole life uh, idolizing this lifestyle of, you know, mm. sex, and, sex in the city and, um, you know, just like being rich and shallow. Um, but, and so she decides, oh, I'm going to reach out to Carrie Bradshaw and find out what happened um, because no one's heard from her in, in several years. <laughs> and um, eventually she does manage to find kind of a washed up uh, Carrie Bradshaw who's lost everything. What happened was Mr. Big, as I know um, you mentioned, you guys kind of theorized on your podcast, Tim, about what it actually what it actually is that he does for a living. Yeah. But it turns out he was kind of just the the fall guy for some kind of Ponzi scheme. Oh, shit. And after being um after being me tooed, um, it was oh. found out that he he'd done some kind of dicey stuff. Keep it keep it relevant. Um, <laughs> you know, and then people started looking into his life and his company and they found out that it's actually just all this big cover for like money laundering or something or whatever. He loses all of his money. Ends up killing himself because, you know, you were keeping the um, <laughs> Mr. Big Death um, mm. thing that they wanted so desperately to put in the third film. And, um, yeah, so Carrie Bradshaw's washed up. She's she's lost everything. 
Um, her Samantha absolutely does not talk to her anymore, kind of thing. They've completely fallen apart. She sees Miranda every now and then. Um, they they text you know once a year, and um, Charlotte, being the good friend she is, is still there and supportive and everything like that. And um, yeah, it's kind of this this tale about how uh this this woman that once had it all and now has nothing, and she um, I guess eventually the lesson that this young girl we've been following would learn is that you know money and having all the clothes you want aren't actually what it's all about it's about your friends Aww. and um uh-huh. yeah so and it'll it would be called it would be called like bradshaw or something oh cool <laughs> i like that title for some reason a lot mm. it's a good yeah. scheme for it it's got the mm. logan logan or joker yeah kind of yeah like yeah i was going yeah, title. creed was the one i was going for Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. I wish you guys said it sounded like Creed. Remember the, the Gerard Butler? Remember him? He he's he's still making movies, and he's he made those the Olympus has fallen, and they made another two of those, and they're planning like another six or something. It's insane. Uh, so they've obviously got their own plans to continue the franchise. But here's my plan to continue the franchise. So my one. Is, uh, you know, this this could just be um, the fourth one. So it's about it's set. I want it to be set during an election year, and so because we never actually see the elections, and because obviously that would solidify the political leanings of the mm. of the president. Um, but set it during election year, and Mike Banning is like, um, is assigned to be security detail for um you know um let's call uh let's call him a trump-like <laughs> um <laughs> presidential candidate who essentially you know the party doesn't want to win mm-hmm. um and keeps getting themselves into situations and so he's essentially following him around um and it's like you know there's assassinate assassination attempts on him and mike banning's like <laughs> like it's it's very and so you know it's it's very much about the the political divide in america at the moment mm. um and yeah it, it would be diving it would be smaller scale than the other ones and it's about um Gerard butler's character sort of his his internal struggle with whether or not to keep saving him and it's called democracy has fallen oh shit i love it all right just to to speed things up uh i'm gonna i'm gonna roll two one after the other right now um and you're not gonna hear me in between them and that's uh you're gonna hear both mine and aj's continuations of the franchise for both of these the first one is terminator and the second one is pirates of the caribbean so I have two things I'd like to see in a sequel. One of them I already mentioned, which is if Judgment Day is inevitable, I want to see a sequel that's about trying to figure out how to prevent it from ever happening with the knowledge that it keeps coming up in historical, you know, no matter what you change, it still happens. That's so depressing. Let's figure out a way to nip that in the bud. Right. So like um, my alternate your, your idea, yeah. Um, I have two. The other thing I would like to see is there is a line in Dark Fate when John Connor is killed. Um, well, after John Connor is killed, Sarah Connor describes it as he's killed by a machine serving a future that no longer exists. 
And mm. I thought that was the coolest line in the movie. Um, and that mm. is very intriguing. And I said before about how, like, because they stopped Judgment Day, you can't just do another Terminator movie because they've stopped Terminators from being created. But this is how you do it. Like, Terminator 3, especially if it came out in 1995 or whatever, it should have been about... Term- it should have been called Terminators, and it's just about the Terminators <laughs> that were left over and them yeah. avoiding them. Like... That is the only way, to, and with that you avoid someone being sent back to, to you know, a, a guardian and an a, attacker being sent from the future. You avoid the, the fact that everyone has a naked person time traveling at the start. Like that, yeah. it's a shame that it's wasted on a, a on an excuse to kill John Connor. Because I think I would have rather have seen that movie than than yeah. Terminator Dark Fate or any of these third sequels. Yeah. Do you have another idea or was um, you sort of just... Well, so I um, I said to you earlier that like uh, off pod that um, Terminator feels like a franchise that is owed taking continue the franchise really seriously, which we often don't do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was trying to think of like other ideas of like where, where I would want to see the series. Um, one is like uh one is just to do like it could even be found footage but like set it on judgment day like show us more of like society actually breaking down and even if it's set now and it's more of the legion or genesis like right. um ios type thing uh how that would unfold um show us um because we actually in genesis we see the person skynet who's played by matt smith from doctor who mm. um and it's like he's actually he is um skynet um like uh, a film that's like them sending some them starting to lose and sending someone back um you know so like retold from their point of view um just give another go at like um terminator salvation like i said i understand the appeal for that kind of movie yeah um and then i was kind of like maybe terminator if it wants to continue should just stop trying to be good like just accept that you've created this like iconic villain in the not even as an Arnold Schwarzenegger um T eight hundred, but the idea of like a liquid metal, um, or like the endoskeleton, the metal endoskeleton with the glowing red eyes is like such a great character design that maybe you just need to make sequel after sequel every year, um, that just involve it like killing a bunch of horny teens that were going to be right. um, seal team six in the future and like just accept the fact that you've got an iconic horror villain and just make a bunch of shitty sequels that have like nothing to do and they rewrite the storyline every time but terminator feels like the kind of thing that anyone who's going to take the reins of it is going to try and be super clever and think that they can do something that lives up to tito which obviously they fucking can't do and i don't think i i actually don't know if it's if it's possible to make a film set now that like like to make a film nowadays that would actually live up to t2 um i mean people would have said that about blade runner and then 2049 i think blew the original out of the water but um yeah i i the, the 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 desire to bring Arnie back and to bring a however old he is Arnold Schwarzenegger back and force uh the the older Arnie's like role into the story um like that, that that's to me what it felt like in Genesis is like they were like okay we've said we can get Arnold back uh let's 
write a story around why he's old. Yeah, and like it's just this is a franchise at odds with itself because the obvious answer is actually just don't make any more. But mm. people don't want to accept that. And not only do they not want to accept it, but they want to hold on to the nostalgia and like they want Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. They want all these things that they are want at to odds. Start with, with a naked time traveler. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. They're at odds with what should be happening, which is something different, because they want something old. Yeah. It's 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 completely kneecapped by what it thinks it has to achieve each film. Yeah. All right. So now it's time for the part of the podcast where you and I both pitch our continuing franchises. Oh. And you said you're worried that ours are the same. I don't think they are now, but okay. I was worried. Do you want to go first? Okay, so Richard, <laughs> this is gonna take a while. I've got a lot of oh stuff. Oh god, here we go. This is this is the best continue the franchise I've done in months. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Richard, we we are living in a time where all Disney are doing are cranking out these live action remakes of their animated classics. Let me pitch to you, Richard, the first ever Disney animated remake of a live action classic. Mm. So I am pitching you and the world, Just it's just called Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah. And it is a remake of the first film um, done in the traditional Disney renaissance 2d animation style right so it doesn't really matter who you cast as anyone because you know i'd be okay with someone who can do a really good jack sparrow voice playing jack sparrow etc etc um but one of the things that it does need is that it needs to be compressed a bit from a two hour 20 minute movie into like a one hour 30 to 40 minute film and uh, And the way that the way that a lot of these, a lot of animated films condense information is through the form of musicals. So, oh my god, have you written some of, songs for us, Richard? I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the ways, one of the reasons I rewatched the film last night was that I could go through it and look for moments that could be translated and compressed into song. And I've got um, varying degrees of effort for different things. Um, oh my gosh! But the the kind of the one thing I want to stress is I have never written a Disney musical before um this is very much you know howard ash yeah uh, this is very much a first draft of a lot of the stuff i'm willing to take on board every piece of feedback but i at first for the first thing i want to do is put in your mind that wonderful 90s renaissance disney visual style of those 2d characters that's what it looks like right It, it looks indistinguishable from from you know it looks like it could have come out in the 90s i also want to kind of rejig it so that um Elizabeth is more clearly the protagonist of the story. You could even say she's a Disney princess because she's the mm-hmm. governor's daughter. Um, Will is the you know the Aladdin type character, and Jack is more of like the the, the um, genie. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So here is what the the so the you buy the soundtrack. Here's what is here's what the songs are. <clears throat> So the first song is called A Pirate's Life for Me. This would be the opening song, which um, at the start of the film, it actually starts on Will's doomed ship. Not on, it doesn't, you know, go through the mist and show Elizabeth's ship. We start on Will's ship where, as, when he's a kid. And in this version, it's, it is just another pirate ship. I'm not sure if it was explicitly a pirate ship yeah. that Will was on. So this is like one, the Arabian Nights. 
the Arabian Nights, exactly. And it's yo ho, a bunch of unnamed characters singing yeah. a pirate's life for me. You know, then they get attacked by by um, an actual pirate ship, and the camera the camera moves along to. Um, Elizabeth's ship where she's quietly singing yo ho a pirate's life for me ending the song right um and that is the start of the film then the next song is called port royal it is the i want song sung by elizabeth Mm -hmm. and will and the citizens of port royal think um the bell song from beating the beast um that sort of thing Yep. Yeah, exactly. Moving around Port Royal, establishing the setting, yada, yada, yada. Um, and you can hear Will talk about how he's in love with her. You can hear Elizabeth talk about how she wants more, that sort of thing. Um, it's very easy to imagine these things, I think. The the, the film being a Disney structure does lend itself mm. to a lot of these cliches already. All right. The next song is, is tentatively ca- called uh, You Have Heard of Me, which is Jack's introduction <laughs> song. Um, that is it's sort of a la one jump ahead from Aladdin one yeah. jump ahead of the punch da, da, yeah. Da, yeah yeah and it, it sort of introduces his character um musically though I would want it to sound I would want it to be what the pirates theme music as it is now is based off right so when you hear it is a callback to the song which would be like um you are without a doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. Ah, uh, but you have heard of me. You know, that sort of thing, right? <laughs> so yeah, the the, the light motif of would sound like it's recalling back to the song yeah. and it's as he's escaping after the after the navy are trying to take him in um and he gets all his all his stuff back. Um and uh, there would also be we'd also learn a lot of Jack's fabled sea turtle escape in this because the citizens of Port Royal are also singing it, and we are sta- the the point of the song is they have heard of him, right? right yeah. So everything they're singing is like I heard he escaped on the back of sea turtles, and then someone <laughs> will say something negative about him, and then he'll be like, "But you have heard of me," like as he's like moving past nice. them, right? So again, emphasizing that yes, I am infamous, but Part of the word infamous is the word famous. You have yeah, heard of very it. Cool. Yep. Um, so, uh, so yeah, everyone's heard of him. The next song isn't really a song. I've called it the Chant of the Black Pearl. And this is when the Black Pearl attacks Port Royal. And it would not be a full-fledged song, but would be the crew chanting something over and over. Um, I've written as a placeholder, uh, we are cursed, we are cursed. We sail the seven seas. We are cursed. We are cursed. Da, 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 as they're yeah. attacking, right? Um, and Can I that, just and ask, I've, how many tracks are on the soundtrack? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. But two of those, four of those, are the same song, just reprised. Okay. okay. Um. And so that's as they're attacking. That's the Hello Poppet yeah. stuff is done with that kind of, um music playing in the background which leads directly into the next song which is the villain song which is of course called best start believing in ghost stories parentheses you're in one (laughs) so this this is a full-on deliciously evil song this is this is barbosa's be prepared from the lion king right um they it's his his wait for it from hamilton yeah yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so because that scene is so chaotic anyway it almost feels like an accompaniment of a song is is a natural fit for that right so it's barbosa singing it with the the pirates also you know chiming in 
in for the odd line, like the a thousand bad guys with swords style, <laughs> like you know, like bits and pieces yeah. um, from other other characters. Um, it starts with the dinner scene between Barbosa and Elizabeth, where he's telling her about the curse before hitting the chorus with the iconic line, and it can it can convey the information of the curse in song form. Um, the next song is called Tortuga or Able Bodied Crew, which is essentially compressing the whole Tortuga and crew assembly into one song. Um, it would end with them getting to Ila de Murta. Um, you know, so th- so it ends with like, we're an able bodied crew as they're on the ship, yeah. like sailing out to. Yeah, nice. To, nice. Yep. Um, uh, then the next song is called Load the Guns, and this is the battle between the Black Pearl and the Interceptor, t- again told through song. I don't have any real like musical ideas or lyrical ideas, but I did think um, Jack yelling, Stop blowing holes in my ship! could be a fun little punchline, like something in the line before it rhymes with the word ship, and then cut to Jack being nice, like, Stop yeah. blowing holes in my ship! Nice. You know, and because also that's, punch- that's already like a, a quite a comical scene, how they're, they're, lo- they're loading it with... Um, the cannons with like cutlery. Yeah, load the guns. Load the guns. Load the guns, and they're loading it with what, whatever they can find, right? Yeah. I um, mean, it's a, sort of a song that a bunch of different characters can pop in to sing different parts. Okay, the next song I've just called Elizabeth and Will, and this is the only emotional beat This is the only emotional beat I'm adding to the story, which is while they're marooned on the island. So Jack and Elizabeth are marooned on the island in between when Jack passes out from being drunk and elizabeth burning everything she sings of her love for will and will is also singing of his love for elizabeth so this is um the the kitchen's not the same without you from spongebob yeah it is or um (laughs) it could almost be a bit like um i won't say i'm in love from hercules that sort of thing um the next song is called take a walk and this is when barbosa's like when captain jack like says you can be commodore barbosa and then he's like man the ships and barbosa looks at him and he's like you you give the orders and he goes man take a walk so this is the 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 brewing battle between the navy and the black the undead pirates of the black pearl and it's both sides singing and it also is a medley of all the previous songs in this in the film Right, so it cuts. It'll be like you know we're taking a we're taking a walk. No, something good. <laughs> Some, something more more bellowing and more um more uh I don't know daunting. Then it'll cut to Elizabeth, who at this point in the story is locked up on the on the um the ship, and she she sings a, a couple of bars from Elizabeth and Will. Cuts yeah, to this is the um, one day more from Lemmers. One day more, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the next song is when Will helps Jack escape from the gallows at the end, and it's a "You Have Heard of Me" reprise. But now it's Jack and Will singing it together, so they're both going da 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 as they're like tripping up the navy with a piece of rope, that sort of thing. And then the final song is "A Pirate's Life for Me" reprise as the new crew of the Black Pearl. I'm um, closing out the no. film with a pirate's life for me, which is essentially what happens in the film anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Richard, I've written one of these songs. <laughs> I first draft of one of these songs. Can you guess which one it is? Uh, Stop blowing holes in my ship, that one. No, I have written, I I've tended to first draft the best start believing in ghost stories. Oh, yeah, You're course. in one. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to sing it for you right now. <laughs> I would love that. Okay, so there is multiple characters singing the song. So this this is my Barbosa voice. This is my Elizabeth voice. And then when I change voice, it'll be like one of the pirate zombies yeah. who chimes in for a line. Okay, here's how it goes. <clears throat> this is Aztec gold. Blood money paid to stem the slaughter of Cortez. 
But the greed of Cortez was insatiable, vicious and deadly at worst. So the heathen gods made it so any mortal who thieves but a piece from the chest will be cursed. I hardly believe in ghost stories, Barbosa. I've not since I was a girl. Aye, that's exactly what I thought when first told the tale. But we found the gold at the edge of the world. We took them all, spent it, traded them and frittered them away for food, drink, money and pleasurable company. But the more we spent, the more we lost. The more we knew we had to pay. And this is when the energy starts ramping up and she starts getting scared and like backing away. And he goes, soon drink would not satisfy food turn to ash in our mouths we are cursed men miss turner compelled by greed we were now we drown we feel nothing neither pleasure nor pain we're not alive and we cannot die not the cold from the deep nor the heat from the sun it best start believing in ghost stories miss turner you're in one okay <laughs> that's that's the chorus that it goes this is another pirate, pirates, different pirate singing. It goes, For too long I've been parched of thirst and unable to quench it. For too long we've starved to death and haven't died. I feel nothing, not the wind on my face, nor the sting of the sea in my eyes. Back to Barbosa. The moonlight shows us for what we really are, and there's only one way we can end our curse. All the scattered pieces of the gold must be restored, and the blood repaid that's yours. What of me when your debt is paid? Will I be released when you're done? That all depends on whether or not you behave. You'd best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. And then the par- all the pirates sing, We are cursed, we are cursed, we are cursed, sailing on these seven seas. And that'll be when she's like thrown up. <laughs> On the blanket and all that sort of says, we are cursed, we are cursed, we are cursed, sailing on these seven seas. You're welcome to swim, but there's nowhere to run. You'd best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. And then all the pirates go, you're in one. And that's the end of the song. (laughs) Very good. It's a first first draft. It's a first draft. I wrote this at 3 a.m. Tune in next time for um, the, 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 the second draft. If anyone would like to take any of these ideas and create actual songs out of them, that would be amazing. Um, At Carlisle. I don't know if we, how many musical fans we have. Yeah, Carlisle, if you're listening. Um, I'm like, I was like shaking performing that because I was so nervous. <laughs> um, that was very good. I, I All week, I've been so proud of my continuing the franchise and you just fucking... Yeah. I should have gone Aww. first. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, my one um, isn't anywhere near as well thought out as yours. Um, I'm sorry, but I um, but that was very good, very most effort, <laughs> more effort into your continuing the franchise than I put into the entire podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so my continuing the franchise, um, we have a rule that it's not super explicit, but um, the film has to come out now. It has to be how you would continue yeah. the franchise if you if you had to make something today. However, um, idea like okay, you could rework this and make it work now, but ideally, this would be Pirates of the Caribbean four and would have come out in two thousand eleven. Okay, mm-hmm. so bear with me for that. You can do plot contrivances to make it happen uh, nowadays. So this this is my idea, and this is like what I think, and I, I was so proud of this idea that like this should be you make the imagine imagine the the first three are the perfect trilogy we described earlier, where it's like you got David Jones, then like Norrington becomes a, a better villain. Um, mm-hmm. 
you wrap that up. It's all tied off nicely. But then there's the tease at the end that he's going off looking for the Fountain of Youth. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean 4 starts, cold open, in media rears. They're at the Fountain of Youth. It's a classic Jack Sparrow, one step ahead of everyone, amazing fight scene. Everything's dynamic. And then he mm-hmm. finally drinks from the Fountain of Youth. And then through some kind of hilarious mishap, uh, he finds out that it doesn't just give him like extra life. It makes him immortal. And then we cut to 400 years later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, 350, 250 years later. Um, And it's set in modern day. And it's like, (laughs) you could even do that. He's been sailing the seven seas. He's lost. And then, like, so I imagine the title would come up. And then it's like, Jack's piloting the the Black Pearl. And then, because he got it back off Barbosa, I guess. Um, And then, like, a cruise liner just goes in the background a shot (laughs) and then so it's like now we have this new trilogy the pirates of the caribbean set in modern day so you're already not trying to recapture the magic of the first you've got Mm. it's the same franchise but it's like you would have like oh the the past trilogy and the present trilogy um and I, I I was trying to brainstorm like ideas of like where the plot could go, and it's like it's one of those like you kind of have to have Jack Sparrow be the character because it's like right. if you just said oh here's a new pirate character and it takes place in modern day, it's like well you know there's there's no I mean you you could kind of it's still kind of interesting you, the fish out of water kind of thing, but it's like if we're following Jack Sparrow like that's really what you want to see, and so you know he would like end up getting on land and or maybe he could have become the the captain of the Dutchman, and then it's like we see like his first yeah. time on land because he got lost is like <laughs> 250 years later. Um, but yeah, I think that would be like a fun place to take the franchise. That's like unexpected, but also kind of like, I, I, I don't know, like in a sense, despite how like purist we've been throughout this whole podcast about like what the first one does. And like, it feels like it doesn't really like betray where the franchise well, could go or, like- or like where you would expect a Disney franchise to go. It, there's no going back. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. Um, but it's at this point, it's like I've my investment in the series is so low now that fuck it, do something like this then. Yeah. Um, do the cancelled Gladiator sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, because I, I was re- I was really interested to know what you thought of it because it's one of those things that I was like, fuck yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, sure. At this point, if if you know, ten years ago, I might not have been as keen on the idea, but now I'm like, oh my god do something yeah Um, (laughs) they do this and it's just about undead pirates and david jones comes back and it's like no yeah yeah i can't think of like what the actual conflict would be but you'd have like a lot of like interesting things like he goes into a store and there's all these kinds of rum and he's like oh i could get used to this There would be a line in the film. It would be, I could yeah. get used to this. There would be a, there'll be his new catchphrase. There would be like, people would get on shirts. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean is probably, for, for my money anyway, is is the two best. It's the best duo of continuations of the franchise. I was so happy with mine. And then AJ bloody, you know, just secretly wrote an entire song. But... um. I, I, do, I will say as well that following on from from my idea about you know Jack Sparrow wakes up, someone on the Discord suggested that, that could actually be where um, I've forgotten their names now, but the the two ones that appear in uh, of Rigetti and um, and Pintel from Pirates of the Caribbean that they that they're not in the fourth and fifth one, but maybe because between the third and fourth one they ended up you know 
becoming immortal and ending up in the future, which I think would be a cool idea and actually would make like a great animated series, I think, but um, which, you know, would be actually both of our things being animated. But up next, we've got another very short one, I believe. Uh, this is my continuation for the Oceans series, uh, starting with, you know, the Oceans 11, 12, 13. You know what it is. In the title, it's Ocean apostrophe S, meaning that it's possessive, that the, the 11 belong to ocean um but it can also be a contraction uh and i thought say you're making oceans nine it's not about a nine that belonged to ocean it's about ocean is nine and it's a nine-year-old <laughs> heist <laughs> i love it uh, how old's ocean oh ocean's nine <laughs> <laughs> let's just make a let's make a um scene for scene remake of oceans 11 but all the cast are 11 <laughs> yeah. ocean is 11 all right we've made it to the last one uh we've got uh the three colors trilogy or the trois couleurs uh trilogy which is uh it might be a little bit more obscure than some of the ones we've talked about but this is a series of three films uh which are French slash slash Polish. That's not me getting confused. It was it was co-made by those two countries, um, and that they, they kind of each one is a different color. So you have um, three colors: red, white, and blue. The, the three colors of the of the French flag, and each one is uh, to do with uh, one of the French like ideals. So uh, here's my kind of reinterpretation of that idea. Okay, my continue the franchise um, is called. Uh, it's it's a trilogy of three films, um, which are three colors blue, three colors white, and three colors red. However, mm. I'm going to swap the first and last ones, so you've got three colors: red, white, and blue. Oh, um, and. I uh, did a little research into uh, like American. If you search like American ideals, so this is an um, this is an American remake essentially. Um, Truth. Uh, if you look justice. up the American ideals, it's um, democracy, rights, liberty, opportunity, and equality. That's obviously more than three. What I've decided to go with is uh, three colors: red, white, and blue. Each film would um, cover the first one would cover truth. Second one would cover justice, and the third one would cover the American way, hmm. uh, which is the catchphrase of Superman. Yeah. Um, so the idea I had for truth is, um, so you have, like, it could essentially be, I, I had an idea that it could be like a story along the lines of Bombshell, um, that it's about, you know, a young journalist going to work in uh, mainstream media, something like Fox News. Um, you know, one of these more kind of, or, or maybe even like a more right with like an info wars type thing. Right. Um, and not realizing kind of how far down the rabbit hole they are, or even if it's just someone who's just blindly supporting one of these ideas like QAnon and doesn't kind of understand. And then it would be the, the story about how, you know, the, 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 the oversaturation of fake news uh in america now like you can't distinguish the truth anymore yeah and it's someone falling victim to that it would be the story of it would be this downhill slope of someone who uh, graduates from some kind of uh, broadcasting school journalism school and is 
force them to one of these jobs without having to peddle lies. Can can they also uh, can this also be reflected in their personal relationships? Probably. <laughs> See, how good are films when you base them on a single like ideal? Eh? <laughs> and yeah. this is really really good. Nice man, that's really good. Okay, and then um, three colors white, which deals with justice, um, would be about um it'd be about a good cop mm-hmm. you know so cops have obviously gotten a bad bad rap in the last year um the last year but this is this is about this is about one of the good ones one of those few good apples um that you know that we, that we're so constantly told about it's someone who wants to really make a difference in their local police force and then you know one day they they see a, a George Floyd type incident, mm-hmm. a, a life changing incident, uh, done by their fellow officers. They, the, our main character, goes through all of the right avenues to find justice. Yeah, and the police department sweeps it under the rug, as it always happens, because that's what justice looks like in America, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's protecting themselves everyone covering their their own ass this is essentially it's essentially the story of christopher dorner um who dave chappelle talked about in his special 846 which is about george floyd um that was like this this guy who uh he used to be a marine and then he did everything right he tried to call out the bad cops and then he ended up going on a shooting spree essentially shooting his shooting fellow officers um and it was this this big man heart because it was this he was this this black officer um and everyone was like, yeah, you know, like there was this whole race thing around it. But yeah, like tell the story of yeah, what justice looks like. Or, or everyone goes, oh, you know, there's only a few good, like uh, there are good cops. It's like, yeah, but this is what happens to them. Yeah, like when when a good person tries to become a cop, this is what the system does to them. Yeah. So that's um, three colors white justice could, three colors white justice could the um <laughs> oh geez was that intentional um uh, it was unintentional <laughs> uh could this also could the these themes of justice or injustice also be reflected in the main character's personal life yes excellent cool what tell me tell me three colors um was the last one blue three colors blue the american way this would tell the story of Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. An immigrant mother um, who, um, uh, with her young children, who is trying to find sanctuary in the United States. Um, and I mean, if you look into like, you know, any of this shit, like it's, they would get trapped at the border by ice. Um, they are fleeing their home country because it is legitimately unsafe for them. And the US government goes well you know shouldn't have uh you know shouldn't have been born in in a uh shithole country to use um the president of the united states words um 
And uh yeah, it's it's this this woman who would eventually die um waiting to be led into America um to to pursue her own American dream of uh just wanting to give her kids a good life um and escape whatever hellscape is going on in her home country. Um because that's the American way. And it should also um the the reason her country is is a hellscape is should be because of American intervention as well. Yeah. Um Um but yeah, so anyway, these would be three well, I, I, very I, I, depressing one, movies. One question about yeah. the last one. Yeah. Um, could these themes of the American way be reflected in the main character's personal life? No. No. Okay. Damn. No. <laughs> okay. Mm. Fair enough. You're, um, you're the director. Okay. <laughs> All right. That brings us to the end of this Continue the Franchise clip show or the greatest hits or the best of Continue the Franchise, I think is probably what it would be called. Um, and... Thank you so much for, for joining us. If, and if this was your first episode of the Cop Hopshire podcast, why not give us a subscribe on whatever you listen to? Of course, you know, you know, you know, wherever you found this, um, there's other episodes there as well. I can't think of a platform where you would only have access to this one episode. So go check out the other ones and other things you can do to support uh, the the show, Cult Popshire. Uh, we're available. You can contact us anywhere. Cult Popshire, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Cult Popshire Media at gmail.com if you want to drop us an email or. Uh, or one thing that you can and very much should do is join the Discord. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic community. It's essentially a giant group chat with uh, fans of the show and myself and AJ. And yeah, it's 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 a great place. Uh, there's 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 a sense of of community there, and it's so much fun to release these episodes and then go on there and discuss them with you guys. So. Uh, please, please, please join the Discord because it's uh, not even just for myself, but I know you'll have a great time if you do so. And I, I hadn't, I haven't discussed this with AJ, but I guess, um, will, <laughs> I guess there'll be a post-credit scene as well, which I will, I guess, will just be me. So, so stick around for that. And of course, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this I've been Richard. AJ will be back next week. Uh, let's all give him a round of applause for his amazing editing work on last week's uh, Barbie podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week where we're going to discuss the Elder Snow franchise, which if you're not familiar with, or at least not familiar with that name, that is forgetting Sarah Marshall and get him to the Greek. Welcome along to the post-credit scene where for just $5 a month on our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash you can send us a question or a, a, a sentence you want us to discuss. Uh, anything that you want us to kind of chat about in the post-credit scene. Normally, uh, there would be two of us. Uh, and and I, as I said, I did not discuss doing one without AJ. Uh, I did not discuss that with AJ. So he might get very grumpy, which could be fun. Um, oh, here's, here's a good one that we can do. Um, so Brent Taylor... Hi, Brent, has asked who would win in a bare knuckle boxing match between all of the Cult Popcher contributors. Now, this, so the Cult Popcher contributors or the Cult Popcher family, as we call them, because we're a family here at Cult Popcher, is uh, myself, AJ, uh, you've got Emily, Jess, Rowan, Aaron, and Jeremy. Uh, and and I, th- I think that's, that's, 
probably it. Um, but anyway, you have uh, so bare knuckle fist fight boxing match. So I'm presuming this is like a, a, a cage match where you put us all in and, and, and one person leaves, rather than you know like a like a round robin kind of style tournament. Uh, but I would have to say it would be me easily. Uh, yeah, I think that it would definitely. I, I I doubt it would even be much of a contest. I would probably um, beat them all up. Well, obviously, it would be it would be tougher to, or maybe because actually, actually, let me let me let me backtrack a little bit. We are all gentlemen here at the Cop Option Podcast, um, except for the girls. And and but you know we 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 don't hit women here. We we've we've famously uh, derided. Uh, uh, deceased actor Sean Connery for his his abusive woman. So maybe it would have to just be Emily and Jess fighting it out. Um, and you know I may be biased, but I put my money on Jess. So and and the boys would politely refuse to uh, to to contribute, except Rowan. I feel like Rowan would actually probably get in there, but um, maybe I'll maybe I'll cut that bit out because I don't want him to to hit me. Or any woman, uh, if he gets angry and hears this. Not that Ron's ever hit a woman, as far as I'm aware. I don't know why I need to say as far as I'm aware. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. Rowan has never hit a woman. And I don't think none, none of us have. And and I just want to make that clear. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm beginning to ramble. You've heard my voice a lot on this podcast. And I'm, and I'm doing an outro, even though we normally kind of just cut these abruptly. 